You're listening to RPC Ramblings, a podcast by Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Hope you enjoy the chat. Well, hello and welcome to RPC Ramblings. Um, We are in series two of our our podcast series. And uh, today we're going to be thinking about God being infinite and eternal. I'm joined with co-host Leslie Ann Wilkinson. Hey, Alex. Well, Leslie Ann, good morning. Uh, Leslie Ann is one of the discipleship workers at Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. And we're also joined today with Paul Moorhead. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hi, yeah, not, Hi Paul. Not too bad. Um, thanks, Paul. Um, Paul is one of our um, members at Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Um, but he's not just a member of Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. He has a life outside of that. <laughs> um, Paul, would you like to tell us a wee bit about what you do? What I uh, yeah, um, as I say, I'm a member of the Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Uh, I'm married to Marina. Um, for quite a bit of my life, I was a teacher. Um, I spent the first half um, of my teaching career teaching physics, and the second half <coughs> teaching music, which is slightly wow. different. Yeah, <laughs> that is quite, quite a difference. About uh, what I would say, how long ago? Uh, about seven years ago, I decided to take a redundancy from teaching and I started up a company which makes documentary films. So I've had some background in that. So that's basically what I do. I'm also involved in playing music in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also exceptionally keen on classical music and jazz. And uh, I paint a bit and uh, like reading and uh, annoying people. Wow. <laughs> language learning, Paul. You, you were learning. Well, you learned a bit of Spanish, but do you I am actually. Not, yeah. yeah, I have been. I've been studying it for a while. Yeah. Um. So, come uh, estás? Muy gracias. Yeah, it's it's so, a, an eclectic mix of of hobbies and talents. Yeah, so, I mean, I I like travels and mm. be in Spain a few times a year usually. And I just find it so annoying when you meet people and you can't communicate with them or you don't yeah. know what they're saying, and it often listening to other tourists they, they appear rude you know can you not speak english and things they yeah. say i think well i should really make an effort my marina my wife <clears throat> she teaches french mm-hmm. as well uh, she teaches music but she teaches french as well so wow trying to keep up with her yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you said you're a film maker paul um, yeah <clears throat> what, what's that like that's um <laughs> that's interesting um yeah, we would make, our company makes, it's called Kettle of Fish, and we make films about faith issues, um, issues about education, and also about community. So we have filmed, we've made a couple of films in the United States. Um, we have filmed in Latvia, Sweden, Italy. We were supposed to be filming, um, actually at the minute, in uh, the north of Spain. Mm. But uh, that's kind of on hold. <laughs> we're doing about student mental health things. So, uh, so uh, we're inclined to make films about things that no one else wants to make them about, <laughs> or issues that people don't really want to face up to. Mm. So, uh, um, actually, they, Rachel Presbyterian financed a film for us on uh, suffering. Uh, unfortunately, our premiere had to be mm. postponed. So I'm not sure when that's going to happen. Um, so that's still to come up. 
And in lockdown, I have got some new ideas uh, for the next one. Uh, Paul, I'm sure <laughs> so you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen... Here. Yeah, I've, I've watched a number of your, your, your films, Paul, and um, I mean, they really are very challenging. And as you say, you, you talk about issues that a lot of the time um, people maybe don't want to talk about or address. Um, but I think there are topics and issues that do need to be it's talked about and people want comfortable lives you know a lot of people want we live in in the west we i don't know we need to really look at ourselves and think about uh, how we live sometimes during lockdown i was talking to leslie ann earlier and uh, we're talking about the fact that it'll maybe make us rethink a lot of things you know lockdown what's important and what's not i think but anyway. yeah i think there's a lot of lessons to be learned um from from lockdown um definitely um we're thinking today about God being infinite and uh, e- eternal, um, two huge um, attributes of God. I-, I say that, I mean, we've talked about God being simple and independent, God being spirit so far, uh, and we should probably say they're all huge yeah. <laughs> um, attributes, uh, doctrines of God so far. Um, but let's start thinking about God being infinite. Um, what do we mean by that when we say that God is, is infinite? Yeah, um, well, I think... I, whenever we think of infinity, like you remember your kids, you'd have said like, oh, like infinity plus one, you know, like that sort of idea. And yet if infinity actually means that there is no uh, limit. So whenever we are saying that God is infinite, we are also saying that he is limitless and that there is no um, limit to his perfection, to all that he is. So every attribute that we have talked about already and will talk about, mm-hmm. even last week, about the simplicity, that in that simplicity, that he is all that he is, that's without limits too, you know, so it's, it's another one of those ones where it's um it sounds simple and yet has so many huge implications because then we're saying that his knowledge is limitless and his compassion is limitless his his wrath is limitless you know everything that we are saying um about god that is true of him of his character is without limit without measure and that is so um opposite to humans because everything that we are is limited you know like we we grow in our knowledge whereas god is all knowledge um, you know, we we are limited by time and space, whereas God is not. You know, so mm. there's just so much um, that we mean whenever we say that He is without limit. Uh, yeah, so that's like a bit of a starter, I suppose. Yeah, um, uh, the idea of infinity um, really cracked me up when I was young. I have to honestly say, I, I remember, um, you know, learning the shorter catechism. <laughs> God's the spirit, mm. infinite, eternal, and change. I remember asking my dad, what does that mean? Yeah. And uh, when I was a kid, and uh, he would have said, you know, uh, he would always have ended up saying, Paul, these are things that you and I will never really yeah. understand. <laughs> you know? But he was a wise man. But That's, a tried, yeah. That's a good <laughs> word. But this, this word infinity um, kind of, um, it puzzled me all through my younger years, I have to say. I remember when I was nine, I was brought to London to the planetarium in London and mm. uh, I saw this, you know, thing about stars and space and stuff. And even though I was really young, they talked about the vastness and they talked mm. about infinity and stuff. It actually really cracked me up. Yeah. I'll be really honest with you. I mean, it actually ruined my teenage years. I mean, I used to land the grass at home, looking up into the sky and thinking, oh, this, this. It used to, I, I could not comprehend it mm-hmm. in, in, in a certain sense. And it, it really, I remember my parents sent me to the doctor to talk to me about it, it which I couldn't sleep at night because of it and things. 
I don't know, maybe it was a strange child or something. But um, so I, I think it's something that we can't even come to comprehend to some extent yeah. what infinity actually is. It's also a problem in my, I managed to teach math, so it's a problem in mathematics when you talk about infinity and stuff. Okay. <laughs> There's a kind of problematic sort of thing, sorry. I don't know if that's related to what we're talking to here, but. Definitely, because I think it's funny you're saying about not being able to comprehend that like, because our finiteness is you know, yeah. met against this infiniteness. And I, I remember actually the same sort of things, just thinking like, yeah. well, like what, like, how is this possible? Um, and, and, and we'll not know because we are finite. So I think actually that's probably a more common experience than maybe yeah. we realize, you know. Yeah, it's like Augustine said, you know, if you if you understand him, it's not God. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Exactly. It's in our place to some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think you know, I think that's really really helpful. Um, because I think what what we're saying is that you're me of the finite. You know, us human beings who are limited by so many things, we are in one place at one time, um. And there are just so many restrictions in us. We even think about the corona, like COVID-19 yeah. and the restrictions that are placed on us. Um, and, and we're saying that God is infinite, that he is without limits, um, that there are no limits to his perfection. We're saying that you know, he, he knows um, absolutely everything and, and there is no measure you know, to, to his understanding um, it's without measure and mm. um, that is very hard for us um, to grasp as as people who have so many restrictions and limits uh, and boundaries um, and so Paul I, I completely um, get what you're saying and I think that's I think it's probably a common experience and I think if it's not um, it maybe should be because yeah, um, yeah I think you know there's not we can say certain things of God, but to say that we have them completely understood or all the answers on them, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure it's a helpful place. He's infinite means that he's, he is everywhere. We find that hard to understand as well. He's not just in one place, you know, he's not just beyond space and time. He's, he's everywhere. I mean, I remember when I was young, uh, um, we're talking quite a long time ago. <laughs> My parents used to say, oh, you can't go there. That's a godless place. And I remember, like, thinking later on, but God is there too. He's everywhere. He's in, he's in places you don't expect. You know, he's he has got people even everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. his own people everywhere. Um, so I, I think even that, to comprehend that is mm. it's beyond us. But, but it's real. It's, it's the way he is. I think there's a difference. We need to be careful when we say we don't understand and the fact that we accept that that's the way he is. Yeah. And therefore we worship him and we glorify him because of his greatness, because he is the great I am. I mean, he is the mm. reason for everything, mm. uh, which the world kind of has missed out on. Why, why is it such a good thing? Like We're talking about God being infinite. Why is this such a good and important thing for us to, to consider or think about? Well, I think actually Paul had already started with that, what he was saying about how um, because we can't fully understand, we, you know, that proves that God alone is worthy of all glory and honor and affection um, and, and worth our pursuit. That I, I agree, Paul, that we're not saying that we can't in any way understand. We're saying that we will never fully understand God, but we, we will spend our lives or we should spend our lives in pursuit of, of knowledge and love of him. Um, and I think that that in itself is a good thing, that reminder of 
um, the fact, even the fact that God is infinite, there will always be more to learn as well. But, you know, we, we will never get to a point at any stage in our life or faith where we think, yeah, I've, I've it sorted now. You know, we, we will always, you know, we, whenever we come to God's word, because this is the word of the infinite God, we will always have something to learn. Um, so I think that's even a good thing too. Um, and knowing that God is infinite means that we can trust him. You know, so there's nothing that will be outside of his ability or control. Like we can never surprise God. We can never um, disappoint him beyond anything that has ever been or beyond what he was expecting because he is infinite. Um, so he is a trustworthy um, God. He is the only one who is able, um, yeah, that like nothing is, is too hard for him. And I think there's a real comfort in that as well. Yeah, and I think the fact that he has a plan and purpose, this is yeah. another interesting aspect, you know, if you think of how God weaves his plan and purpose through everything, I mean, how would we ever understand things like that? I mean, he yeah. uses everybody, even things that, you know, that are wrong to us and people that are, you know, commit acts that we wouldn't agree with and things. God works through everything. Yeah. Um, I, I find that, like, really mind-blowing to some extent, but, you know... But he is so great. We just have to trust him and mm. that he is, even in this COVID situation we're in, I mean, God is in control. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. Sometimes we despair, and we, but, but because he's infant, because he's all-knowing, because um, he is still in control mm. of everything. And we need to, I think, concentrate on that. Mm. And, uh, and I, I like what you said about getting to know God, because I think sometimes... Uh, and I'm not sure how to work this out, but sometimes in church we talk about Christ a lot. Not, I mean, Christ is our saviour and he died for us and we can picture Christ. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to picture a spirit. Mm-hmm. This is part of the problem. Whenever you're thinking about God, what exactly are you thinking of? God is not a person. So uh, it's very difficult to visualise God, but we can visualise Jesus mm-hmm. to some extent because he was a person. But Jesus should lead us on to thinking about God. And I think we don't spend enough time actually contemplating God. Um, I think in our faith, we're not very good at reflecting and contemplating anyway. <laughs> and uh, mm. I think maybe we could spend more time just, you know, let, let's see if we can find out more about God and more about his nature. We're not going to understand them, mm. but there's lots of things that, um, uh, that we, we can look at nature. We can look at what he does. We can look at how he works. We can understand him. We can glorify him by, you know, giving him the thanks and the praise that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll maybe talk about that the reflection and meditation um, slightly there Paul but one of the things you said was that um, both of you actually said in, I guess in different ways is Paul you said the plans and purposes of God how can we understand them and Lizzie and you you were talking about um, this lifelong pursuit of, of God and knowing God and I think what you're both talking about um, is the fact that God is so far beyond us, that this is a God without limits, perfect in everything he does, you know, his, his knowledge, it can't be measured against anything else. He's without restrictions. Um, that should create a humility in us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what um, you, you're yeah. talking about. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. Oh, I, I, think, I think in the modern world, we've become far too familiar with God, if I can say that. I mean, in, in, in biblical times, you think when Moses went up to receive the um, the tablet with the Ten Commandments. I mean, he could not see God. You know, it would have destroyed him. And I mean, we, people talk about him in God's presence. I mean, if they really could really experience God, people would be laying flat on the floor in their faces. But 
in the modern age, because this puppy age we live in, you know, everything becomes kind of sentimental and we think everybody's our pal and all this type of stuff. But I mean, God is, is it's, it, it's a different relationship. You know, we need to uh, see God as the Holy One, you know, the, the great I am, as I said before. And we need to um, maybe come into him with, in, in with more reverence. And it's only through Christ's death and the fact that he sees us uh, clothed in Christ's righteousness that we can actually even come into the presence of God at all. And I think we need to remember that. Because you think of the priests going into the holiest of holies. I mean, there was once one priest mm-hmm. went once a year and so on. And I, th- I think sometimes we lose that. We become so familiar. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it really annoys me when people talk about going to church. I don't get much out of it or I didn't get whatever. And I thought, you're going, you're going to the creator of the universe, yeah. the person who creates everything, and you're going to worship God. I mean, is that not important? What is it about you? I mean, we're all like so self-obsessed. I, you know, I don't mm. understand what's, what, what's happened to the world to some extent. I mean, we're so um, self-obsessed, you know, and I mean, God is generally a projection of ourselves. I think someone that you had on the last podcast about God is Spirit um, mentioned things like this, and I would totally, totally agree with that, that uh, we just project an image of ourselves up, and that's, that's what God is. But we need to really spend more time thinking about this, I think. Mm-hmm. So that really was a rambling, sorry. <laughs> no, it was great. I think you've just highlighted why it's so important that we think and yeah. talk and ponder uh, about God. Um, Paul, because if we're, we're so self-absorbed and bent in on ourselves, um, yeah. then what we, our Christian worldview is not informed by God and who he is. And so I think you've just highlighted the, the importance yeah. and there's a humility and a dependency in working out who God is, a lifelong pursuit that Leslie Ann talked about. Um, yeah. yeah, that comes comes with this. What, what about God being eternal? Um, what, what do we mean by, by God being eternal? Yeah, I suppose not not hugely unlike what we're just saying, um, but that in terms of, like God is outside of time. So so even even time does not limit God. So there has never been a point where God has not existed and there never will be a point. So we like everything else you know all of creation all of humans all of all of um the heavenly realms all angels have all had a beginning a, a creative point whereas god has not um mm. so he is outside of time um which means like i think this is incredible actually this this like what you were saying earlier paul like this is one that blows my mind as well so if god is outside of time which we know he is then he knows all things at all times you know so we are currently i don't know what date it is but we are in june 2020 you know, God is not. You know, he is not restricted by, by a time and a date. Um, his knowledge is, is perfect of, of things that we would call history, like that is just present to God, or things that, that he knows are yet to come are the same as that they are just now. You know, there isn't really a past or a future. It's all just present eternality, present knowledge, present existence, um, which is just insane. It's like something out of like a crazy movie, but actually this is real. <laughs> you know, this is the God that we serve. Um, so I think that's a little bit about what we mean when we say that he's eternal. Yeah, and he's always been the same. He's, he, mm. he's, he's unchangeable as well, I think. Um, where, uh, like that's not something that we are actually used to because people change mm-hmm. all the time. But God is. So the God who was in the Old Testament is the God now. He's, he's, mm. he's always been there. And he's always the same, I think, which is important. 
Yeah, I love Psalm 90 and um, verse 2. Actually, um, before the mountains were born, are you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting? You are God. That's, just, that's, that's incredible. Um, when you think about that, you know. I talked about my dad, talked about my dad earlier. I remember, I mean, after we used to go to an afternoon Sunday school on a Sunday, and I remember sitting on his knee and asking him, where did God come from? I used to have all these questions, you know. And uh, my father used to say, he was always there, Paul. <laughs> so I thought, how could you always be there? You know, but he made God. And he would have said, God is always there. So these are things that, you know, are maybe hard for us to understand, but it's, it's, it's the way it is. I mean, we, those are questions you can't answer, so we don't ask those questions. I remember when I was making, the, the, I talked about making a film on suffering and we asking someone about, you know, the, the, the ever old question about why does God allow suffering? And someone, a theologian said to me, you're asking the wrong question. The fact is God does allow suffering. So there's no point in asking that question. I mean, ask a different question. <laughs> you know? How does that affect us or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's the same here when we're talking about God. We can't, you know, we, you can discuss it all, all you want. But the fact is that God was always there. He's eternal. Mm. Um, you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, it's in Christ, it's in Jesus that we we see we come to understand who who this um god is and yeah. um, the god that is the creator and the sustainer who we worship who is infinite eternal unchangeable um how do we see the the infinity and um you know, god being eternal in jesus christ well i mean through through christ we we have received eternal life, those of us who, who have trusted in him, those of us who have come to him. So, I mean, we're going to share that with him, eternal life, the same way as he is. Um, that, that would be sort of one aspect. Um, I, th I, think that's, I think that's huge, though, actually. Huge, yeah. um, because I think that changes how we potentially view life um, in the here and now. Um, yeah. do you know, I, I don't know, I feel like life can often be shrunk down to to the present Do you know Lizanne, and you talked about we live in this the present world and, and that's true and and we we often um live in the here and now um you know our life can often be um a pursuit of you know materialism of yeah. making relationships better affirmation approval of people mm -hmm. um without considering the uh the, the eternal love of god mm -hmm. um in yeah. jesus christ you know okay. that's for us and that we are going to um, live and worship and honor God for for eternity. And I think, you know, if that is shaping our daily existence in the here and now, I think it has massive implications for yeah. for how we go about yeah. living. Um, I think sometimes though we we also need to realize that we are human, hmm. and that we are flawed, and that we are sinful, and that we don't always understand and. You know, um, I mean, we have some great spiritual experiences and we feel very close to God at times. Um, and other times, maybe not so. You know what I mean? We're inclined to wonder. I mean, all of us are like that to some extent, you know. And I think, um, I think, I think we need to take that into consideration too. You know, sometimes we can beat ourselves up. Um, and because sometimes our faith can seem like a philosophy or it can seem like something that we can't attain this is this is where so this is where i think actually then we're talking about the eternal love of god 
and I think this is where this is really helpful because Paul, 100%, we are human beings who are flawed. You know, all of us have been affected by, by the fall, you know, by sin. Um, it's, it's shattered human life in lots of ways that we all experience directly or indirectly. Um, our Christian faith at times can be one of doubt, um, can be one of, of struggle um, as we endure and go through pain, suffering, heartache, lots of things. And in our struggle with sin, there can often be feelings of shame, guilt, and doubt. Um, do I really love God? And because I'm asking that question, then does God really love me? Mm-hmm. Actually, if there's an eternal love purchased for us in Christ, that's not dependent on our here and now and whether we are feeling good, um, whether we are you know, having the mountaintop experience. It's not dependent on that, actually. That, that is a, a truth and a reality that is always true, whether we are in the mountaintop experience or whether we're in the valley. Um, of darkness you know and we are going through the hardest things in life and struggling to lift our heads and to get up out of bed in the morning that's that's something that's not dependent on us that's that's the eternal love of god and does that make i think that's really really important you know it's i mean we're following someone who is infinite who is eternal who is unchangeable who um who uh, believe it or not loves us that's that, that's another aspect you know i mean we're yeah. talking if you think of who god is the nature of god the fact that he actually loves us and cares mm-hmm. about us is like absolutely incredible too mm-hmm. you know what i mean he, and knows the hairs of our head and things like that i mean you know and a lot of people i think can also I mean, I, we talked earlier about people being absolutely full of themselves and, you know, when they're, um, but there's also the opposite of that where people can feel really low and as if they're of no importance and whatever, you know. And uh, I, I think, you know, we need to look at both aspects sometimes where people have low self-esteem or whatever. The fact that God loves them, cares about them. And uh, that's something that maybe we need to make more mm. And I think that's really important, Paul, because you're right. And I think we need to address both the, the pride, the pride and those who are um, deflated as well. And actually the gospel, I think the gospel does because, you know, the eternal love of God says for eternity, you have absolutely everything, absolutely every spiritual blessing. You are loved with a love like no other because of Jesus Christ, because of the father's love for his son. And so for the person who's lowly, that is like, that, that's incredible. And yet for the person who's proud, um, and, and I think we're, we're maybe all there, you know, the, the gospel says it's not because of you and your goodness. Um, it's because of this God who is without limits, stooped down from all eternity to, to rescue you from your sin by dying on a Roman cross, that's that's what it took. And so that is, you know, grace, the gospel creates a level playing field and, and humbles us, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Um, how does this affect everyday, everyday living? What we're, what we're talking about, God being infinite and God being um, eternal. 
Yeah, I think we've we've actually touched on a few things throughout, haven't we? And which is great because that's how how this should happen. That as we think about God, we also think of how this changes us. And um, so just even thinking about the fact that He is um, without limits, so there's not going to be a limit to His forgiveness. Even you, know, there's such an assurance in that that this eternal God has um, like even the fact that Christ sacrificed because God, Christ is infinite. It, it was not a limited sacrifice. You know that. Um, our sin is against an infinite God, so a limited sacrifice wouldn't work. And um, so we see that you know, that's even an assurance of, of our salvation, of our forgiveness daily, not just at that one experience of salvation, but for every day, how the gospel reminds us of that truth. Even what you were saying there, Alex, both for the lowly and for the proud. And um, I think that that's a really a practical outworking. Um, there's just, there's so much comfort to this. You know, if, if God is, is without limits, as we've already said, we can trust him. He is worthy of our worship. And I think those are our day-to-day realities as well. It also means we have responsibility, I think, mm-hmm. to some extent as well, you know, um, because, uh, I mean, some people would say that we are God's hands and God's voice. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go down that line too far, but I would like to extremists like that. But, you know, uh, I mean, there's so much in scripture about, you know, uh, what we should be doing. You know, you read the book of James, you read um, how we should be living our faith out, how we should be, how it should affect others and uh, whatever. And uh, when we look at God's nature, maybe we need to start thinking about ourselves, I think, sometimes as well. And start to maybe, I'm I'm saying modeling that, but, uh, you know, (laughs) maybe just thinking about, you know, who we are and what we are. I think to some extent. As we grow in Christ-likeness, then yes, that's um, right. That people are seeing these things, that's right. and even what Alex is saying about bearing in mind that, uh, remembering, reminding ourselves that we are saved for all eternity, and um, that then changes how we live now, doesn't it? You know, so that eternal okay. perspective that Alex has already talked about makes those um, now that 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 faith lived out now makes it worth it, or makes it you know, it's a better motivation for it. Even we're thinking recently in Mark about. You know, denying yourself so you lose your life now to gain it for all eternity. You know, and and bearing in mind or knowing that God is eternal is a motivation for that to be obedient to that even. I think you've just said there about the fact that you lose your life. It's, it's interesting as to what that exactly means. Mm. <laughs> I've been reading some stuff about that recently. I'm not I haven't, I haven't time here, but yeah. But that can be quite life changing that mm-hmm. I think if you take that. I mean it's it's amazing how much of scripture we just um, I mean, we're inclined to take the bits we like that suit us, and there's lots of other bits that we that we leave out. I suppose, if I'm really honest, that we don't really want to deal with. But uh... yeah, I think I think what, what what we're saying is that you know, God being when we do consider God and we search God in Scripture, um, it is meant to change us mm-hmm. and, and and radically impact our lives and radically change how we live right now. Um, I think that's what we're what we're saying, and whether that's conviction mm-hmm. of sin and challenged to differently, um, yeah. We're honest, I think too, Alex. Sometimes, I think in in, in church we we we, we learnt the Christian language. You know, we know what to say, and uh, we're, we're afraid to say when you know whenever we have doubts, or we're afraid to say when we're in hassle or trouble, or we have difficulty with things. I, I think we need far more honesty. Mm-hmm. And we need an environment where, where you can be like that, where you're not going to be judged and, and whatever. 
but actually I think this thing comes back to like what we're talking about like as we consider who God is yeah. and we consider the eternal love that we have in God um, yeah. that actually frees us yeah. to be honest and yeah. to be vulnerable with each other because actually our um, our identity is not necessarily in and I'm not saying this is true for everyone across the board but our identity certainly for me is not in the approval of others or what others think of me and they am affirming me or whatever actually if my identity is in the risen savior who has purchased an eternal love for me who loves me all the time says there's no condemnation i am free to to speak and to be honest and i think our our time is unfortunately up and um, thank you so much um for coming on paul and uh, and thank you both for and your, your chat this morning I've, I've really enjoyed this um, so so thank you both and thank you for tuning in and, and listening and we look forward to, to seeing you again soon and uh, yeah we look forward to you uh, tuning in for our, our next episode so thank you